One year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I want to try trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon's ads. Information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because work it ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it gets sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first shed. This is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in. It's great to have you here. Trapping Today podcast is brought to you by Cox Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S dot com. Cots Bros has a full line of trapping supplies, trap snares, baits, lures, books, and DVDs. Everything you need to get started on the trap line. Big supporters of the podcast, so thanks to Cots Bros. Get your trapping supplies there. We're also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. Mark trap locations, record tracks and travel routes. Get landowner information. Data on parcels, size and shape, parcels, different land owners. Um, view the latest aerial imagery. You can do all kinds of things, and you can get 20% off of your first purchase just by using the promo code TRAP when you go to onxmaps.com and sign up for your first year. I actually used Onyx today. I was, took my son out bird hunting. We have uh, rough grouse here. We call them partridge. And we went out and uh, chased after a few birds and rode around on some roads and looked for beaver and we found one active lodge uh, it's been so dry this summer that there really isn't a lot of uh, beaver activity a lot of places that that have had beaver in the past are just completely dried up but anyway we get to mark one of those and run our track uh, on on x so, so we knew where we had gone and and uh, what we covered and where we got to go next time we get out in the woods so got a lot of scouting to do so that's going to be a, a work in progress. Been working on these Lynx exclusion devices, these Martin and Fisher boxes. Um, I'm leaning towards doing less with coyotes and fox this year and spending a little more time on the, the Martin and Fisher and, and maybe chasing after more beavers. So we'll see what materializes here in the next couple of weeks, but that's kind of the direction that things are headed for me. The great thing about being a trapper is that you have so many different species to choose from really I mean no matter where you are in the country there's always going to be land animals water animals and a wide variety of different fur bears to trap for so you know if you get if you happen to have a period of time where there's really low fur prices for one item you can go after another or if you're just curious you want to learn more you want to get better at some particular aspect of trapping 
the you know the coyote trapping for me a lot of it is just trying to get better trying to learn because i i always learn when i when i chase after coyotes the you know if you you just like martin and fisher to me i cover a lot of ground and i get to see some really beautiful country and i get back in the deep woods so that's probably my favorite part about that <clears throat> um that type of trapping and and i'm kind of missing that a little bit this year and and the Martin and Fisher are going to be easier to catch this year. There's no food out in the woods for them, so I think it's going to be a good year to chase after them. So every year you can kind of switch things up. You don't have to do the same thing all the time and, and just uh, have fun. When when fur prices are as low as they are, I mean, that's really the most important part is just to uh, to enjoy what you're doing, and that's what I'm trying to do. Now, tonight's episode, we're going to have a pretty cool interview with a trapper uh, up here that I talked with a a couple weeks ago, but first, I have a big announcement to make. Um, I have just opened an official Trapping Today store online, so the Trapping Today store can be found at trappingtodaystore.com. Check that out. Go to trappingtodaystore.com and all the things that I've been selling. I I have you know not a pile of items for sale, but I had everything was kind of in a different location. So the Walter Arnold book, which is still selling really good, um, check that out if you haven't yet. Walter Arnold main trapper stories from one of the last mountain men. But you, if you want to buy it for me, you gotta write a check and send it in the mail. And that's how that has worked. And the lure, I've got a link set up on my website, trappingtoday.com, to buy a lure. But that was a little clunky because you kind of had to, you could only buy one product. And so you just, you click on the link and you buy the lure and it's great and I ship you the lure. But you you didn't really have the store experience and you couldn't go buy, say, a Mustela t-shirt and that was in a separate link in a different spot. So I finally I figured I've got just about enough stuff I could probably justify putting together a store. So it's a full-on Shopify site, and I I think for the amount of work I've put into it, it actually looks pretty good. It's a nice, clean layout. You can see uh, some cool pictures from me and my boys and the trap line. And right now, all I I'm going. I've been adding products this week, but I have. Uh, Oh, five or six different six different products right now. I'll I'll run through them here in a second. Um, all items, everything on the store right now is free shipping on everything, no matter if you buy one or a hundred. So, uh, if you want to get some lure, get get a book, uh, get one of the Mustela T-shirts. The those are just a beautiful, beautiful shirt. I know we're sold out of extra large, but we still got plenty of small, medium, and large. And I have ordered, I have more XLs. They're at the printers right now. So we'll figure out when the printers get done with them, I'll go pick them up and put them on the store and be ready to go with that. But basically, uh, you can pick up that stuff. Um, I have I have several lures there. And I will tell you right now, everything's free shipping. It's standard shipping. If you, if you buy, you know, the lure is $25 for a four-ounce bottle. If you buy two bottles, I'm going to ship, not only am I going to ship that free, but I'm going to ship that uh, in a flat rate priority mail envelope because it's economical for me to do so when you when you order two. So that's going to get to you in two or three days. 
So it's going to be it's going to be free. It's going to be fast. Um, let's just go through really quick. So we have the Mustella T-shirt. Our friend and podcast listener and artist, very gifted artist, Philippe, has put together the artwork of what we call the prized Mustellids of the North American Trapper. We have uh, Wolverine, Otter, Badger, Fisher, Martin, Weasel, and Mink. And those are all on a nice, uh, high-quality, comfortable t-shirt with Trapping Today on the top of it. So you can represent Trapping Today and and have some pretty cool animals on your... It, those are just beautiful drawings of these different species kind of in their in their natural habitat. And, and uh, it, it looks... It's the coolest thing ever. So you get the Mustella shirt. That's 25 bucks. And actually, by the way, I've just... Uh, I've been talking with Philippe, and we may be doing something a little special with the artwork on this shirt uh, to go beyond just a shirt. So stay tuned for that, because I think uh, you're going to be pretty excited. If you're anything like me, you're going to be excited about it, because I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped about it. Lure. I have uh, three lures right now available for sale on the website. We have the Trapping Today Long Distance Call. That is the Long Distance Call lure I've been selling for couple three years now and uh, $25 for four ounce jar of it it's the grease base LDC really really strong skunk essence but not just skunk there's a bunch of uh, musks and essential oils in there as well and this stuff because of the grease base it's freeze proof it's waterproof it holds up to rain really well and it doesn't crust over like you see with those uh, those Vaseline based lures um, I have a a new lure two new lures for this season predator plus that one's been i sent that out to a bunch of people last year and it was tested in trap lines all over the country a lot of great feedback from that uh, predator plus is a mixture it it does have that skunk essence that strong call uh, associated with it but it's got a lot more so the it has a base of fish eggs beaver oil sacks and mink glands and a bunch of different uh, other essential oils including beaver tail oil and a number of others it is a a pretty unique smell it is a a very very powerful lure very attractive lure it works great for me and I think uh, you guys if you haven't tried it yet you're gonna want to try that Um, the only thing I would caution against is I wouldn't I wouldn't probably I wouldn't use it in Alabama you know, it's 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 not a warm weather lure. It's really strong, and you're uh, you're gonna be much better off with the straight predator. And that lure is not up right now for sale, but I'm gonna put it up very soon, and it'll be actually by the time you listen to this, it may be up. And it's basically predator plus without the skunk essence. And then finally, I have sweetness. This is a four ounce jar of a sweet smelling lure made up of strawberry and anise and honey and this is a great change up for martin and fisher trappers that's what i've used it for with great success not to say i'm a any great trapper or anything but i've caught a fair number of of, uh martin with it and it is it's a good shoulder season lure like when it's warmer even like for coyotes and fox it's got this unique appeal to it that you know in the middle of the winter we're using this rotten meat and stinky stuff and and all that and it works great but sometimes it's nice to have a little change up and if you're in the early season and it's pretty warm 
you know, coyotes eat a lot more berries and nuts than than a lot of people think. And this is kind of a, a little bit of a different attractor. And by the way, dynamite coon lure. Um, if you're you're looking to attract coon in a dog proof or, or a pocket set or anything like that, check this out. Um, those are the three lures. I've got more coming that I, I am working on. Um, I'm just gonna they're just gonna kind of trickle in over time. And then finally the two books. We've got Fur Profit, Trapper's Guide to the Modern Fur Market. That's been out for a couple years now, so a lot of you probably have it. Um, that's twelve dollars and the Walter Arnold book is on there for twenty two bucks. Um, and every one of these items ships from my home right here in northern Maine and like if the books if you want me to autograph them it's absolutely no problem I can do that I'm very more than happy to do that so check it out trappingtodaystore.com share it with your friends I would really appreciate it if you looked at the store and and picked up maybe some trap and lure or, or a book or shirt from me this year and uh, and and we'll move on from there if you want to see anything different you want to see other items I'm I'm open to suggestions and ideas. I'm not going to be a full-on trapping supply dealer. I'll never, I'll never do that. I'm not going to carry anything like that. But if it's something that I can make, um, that or something that you know that that comes from me that is is uh, is unique and not something that you're going to find at at a place like Cots Bros or F and T, um, j- just uh, sort of the more of the items that you got to get from from me rather than going through a trapper supply dealer that's what I'm, I'm kind of interested in making so it's just a good little way to help supplement um, produce a little bit of income because times are tough man and and uh, it's getting awful thin I'll tell you what this time of year I, we're always we're always scraping by I guess it seems and, and then we get into winter and things slow down and, and we stop we, don't, we aren't spending quite so much on the farm and and uh, getting everything that we need for winter uh, but this you know the trapping stuff it is a nice little extra income that that helps out uh, with the cash flow situation so anyway enough of that I hope uh, that provides a little bit of benefit for you guys if you're looking for lure or any of my products you can now get them in all in one spot trappingdaystore.com now let's get into the interview with uh, Butch Borman from Originally from Pennsylvania and now has a place up here in northern Maine, not too far from me. He's up here about half the year and he spends a lot of time trapping. He's got a little cabin right on the edge of the woods and it's just a great, great spot to be a trapper. So we talk a little bit about his background, the early days trapping in Pennsylvania, how he got started and what brought him to Maine. A little bit of Maine trapping and then probably in next week's episode we'll get a little deeper on the coyote trapping in Maine and how he, what he does, what he likes to do, what he's learned from other trappers and from his experience. He's a real neat guy. He's a really good coyote trapper. He won't tell you that because he's pretty humble, but he is a good coyote trapper. Um, I've learned a lot from him so far. And uh, a little bit, the, the audio isn't perfect. I, mine was turned up a little too much and his was down a little too much. And so I'm loud and I apologize for that. He's a little quiet. And then uh, there's a dog in the background that was awful friendly. So you hear a lot of uh, deep breathing and a little bit of uh, rattling and stuff. That's just the dog trying to jump on each of our laps while we were having a conversation. So let's sit down and talk trapping with Butch. There, I got you. Cool. Butch Borman, also known as EB Surveyor on Trapper Man for folks that 
follow along there and you can finally put a voice to a to a name. What have you been up to? Not much. Uh, I guess we're ready to go. I uh, found some things you might be interested in. I thought I'd share with you during uh, our conversation. I was I got a bird hunter coming in uh, tomorrow. You know, he's going to stay here, a friend of mine, and hunt birds for a couple of days. And uh, I was rooting around, cleaning the bedroom up, and found a <laughs> October 1946 fur fishing game. That's the awesome, awesome. That's the month I was born in <laughs> the year. And there's Walter Arnold. Which story uh, is it? It's him and a guy named Walt something or other. Walt Tozier. Or trapping, and there's a pretty lengthy article there. I, so I'd laid that out in case you uh, yeah. didn't, didn't see that particular one. You might want to take a look at it. It's probably in the book. There's a good chance of it. Okay. Huh? So, huh. old news. That's neat. <laughs> and here's something. Uh, you know, I guess we don't have a formal agenda. No, we can do whatever we want. But I was rooting her. I have uh, some magazines and books in the back room here, and uh, I thought you'd find this interesting. December 21st, 1963. That looks like fur prices. It's my fur set. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you then? I was a senior in high school. No kidding. I was 17. Look at that. Raccoon, no demand. No value. <laughs> well, they did buy one for 50 cents. Whoa, you had some nice uh, muskrats. What are the, okay, there's the prices for muskrat. 150, 135, 120. Considering inflation, that's better than we're getting now. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, minimum wage was a buck an hour. Deerskin. Otter, beaver, I can't really see those numbers. Well, I didn't have any otters and beavers. Okay. Oh, that's just the total, I see. Huh. Yeah, they just wrote some stuff there. It says, rats not as high as a month ago. European buyers not buying now. <laughs> <laughs> you must not throw anything away. What is that? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Actually, I think I still have my first sale, my first NAFA check. It wasn't that long ago, but uh, yeah, this I had a big, big hoard. I mean, I had like every fur fishing game from sometime in the fifties, and uh, squirrels got in. I had them in just in boxes in the shed, and squirrels got in there and chewed them all up and huh. ruined everything. But that's what I got left, and I was rooting around in that in my shed and uh, I found an old notebook in there. I can't find, well, I can't find the photographs. I took photographs of the notebook, but uh, I printed out and it didn't come out very good. There's my, from my notebook from 1957, the season of 57, 58. <laughs> that is your trapping notes. Wow. Yeah. But that's not that wasn't my first year trapping. I trapped at least one year before that. Huh. 
No kidding. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that notebook is a little. It's down in Pennsylvania. I don't have that here. But uh, anyway, that's pretty cool. I you know I just went online and looked, and the first couple years I trapped, I sold furs to Sears and Roebuck. Yeah. And I just looked online. It said they quit buying furs in 1958. <laughs> <laughs> so you would ship them. Yeah, and that Keystone Hide Company that you saw that uh, statement from, that it was only 50 miles away, but I mailed the stuff down to them. Yeah. I don't know what, w there were some possums there and some muskrats and coons and a uh, couple deer hides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you get started trapping? You know, I knew you would ask that. <laughs> And I don't know. <laughs> Everybody from Pennsylvania is a trapper, right? <laughs> no. Uh, my mother's brother and my father, you know, grew up together in the same small town, and they hunted together, and they had a hunting camp together. And my uncle trapped when, you know, when he was in school. And... All I can remember is sometime in the mid-1950s, we lived near the Susquehanna River, and uh, there what, were a lot of muskrats in the river in those days, and now there's none to speak of. What part of the state is that? Near, right across the river from Harrisburg, the state capital is okay. where I lived. And, uh, but there were a lot of guys trapped a lot of muskrats out on, on the islands and grass patches and stuff out on the river and somebody my father worked I don't know if I mentioned that he worked on the railroad and somebody decided to quit trapping and he brought home 50 Blake and Lamb number one long springs <laughs> and his friend brought home 50 Victor number one Long Springs. From This guy had 100 rat, that's what everybody used back in the mid 50s for muskrats, at least in Susquehanna River. And uh, so I got those traps. And then my father, I remember, I don't know if it was the same year or, I couldn't, I couldn't set a number. I could set the Victors, but I, could, I was too little. I couldn't set the Blake and Lambs. They were two pretty stout springs on them. And, uh, but we went up to my great-grandmother's house <laughs> and went in the woods behind her house and we set half a dozen or so of those traps using sourdines for bait. <laughs> and first thing we, that we caught was a, a raccoon <laughs> and a couple possums. And I can't recall, you know, it's been a while. <laughs> but you didn't. You weren't really like experienced trappers or anything. You just kind of. Well, my father had trapped just a little bit when he was a kid, and my uncle was full of stories like you know, weasels. Uh, you know, this is well. My uncle and my father were both born in 1918, <laughs> and so when they were in high school, my uncle was walking four or five miles up into the woods from where he lived 
all the kids were trapping, you know, skunks and, but he uh, was weasel trapping, trapping for weasels. And he kept telling me the story about when he, he caught three weasels one day. And uh, the state paid a buck bounty on weasels back then. You know, this, so if you figure he was born in 1918 or 1917, he was born, my father was born in 18, a year apart, but 13 years old, when would that have been? 13 on to 17 would have been like 1930. Times were a little tough then. Yeah. And uh, he was probably making more than his dad. He he made more, he made like a week's pay that one day. <laughs> Because he, he, I remember the story, he told me he had caught three weasels and a bounty was a buck each and uh, he sold the furs for a buck each. So he, you know, two bucks a weasel, that's six bucks, man. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and the fur prices must have crashed right after that around, that was right at the Depression. Uh, I don't know. Depression. I don't, you know, know the exact year it was or anything. I'm just saying it was sometime back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I, all the, you know, there was, within walking distance, there was a, one small stream or two, and the river was, river was half hour, 45 minute walk. But if there was a muskrat hole, there was some kid putting a trap in <laughs> back in those days. And you know, and there was other kids stealing everybody's traps, and yeah. you know, but uh, that's how I got started. And of course, then I went with a friend who had already trapped muskrats for a year, you know, so he was experienced and showed me the tricks <laughs> of the trade. And you know, all we did is put those number ones on trails and stuffed them up rat holes. Yeah, <laughs> felt the you know the rat holes entrances underwater of course and feel them out with your boot and stick that number one up there as far as you could reach and huh. catch and it worked <laughs> yeah and then it wasn't but a few years that you know the conner bears came out and then i bet that changed things yeah it killed all the, all the rats got killed on those small streams i mean when i say a small stream it's like you could step across that size stream and you know, with you can just imagine with two or three kids and each having a half a dozen or a dozen conna bears, he killed all the rats. I mean, all, killed them all. There were none. <laughs> Wiped them out. <laughs> of course, the river was a different matter. There was enough water yeah. and stuff there that. But that was pretty much it. That's. And then did you did you move on from water animals and and uh, do other trapping when you were younger? I was the only one that I would go up. My great grandmother lived like a mile from me at the base of a wooded ridge, a mountain. We called it a mountain. That you know there were no houses on it, and uh, I would go up to her house every year and go up behind her house into the woods and sit a dozen or 20 traps and I'd use, you know, I'd use birds, I'd shoot starlings and use birds and sourdines for bait and I'd catch coons and skunks, 
possums, an occasional weasel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to catch fox, probably. I did, uh, you know, that diary notebook thing that I dug, that I found last summer that uh, I think my first attempt at foxes was, uh, I didn't catch any. The season of 59-60, I set six fox, I set, what's, I got notes, man. Don't you have notes <laughs> Yeah, read the notes. From, <laughs> from 60 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't read them. But I, I set like three fox traps, and in four or five days I caught six possums, and that was <laughs> my first fox trapping adventure. <laughs> there used to be plenty of possums. That's that's one reason I'm in northern Maine now. There's no possums up here. <laughs> there aren't any up here, are there? How far do we uh, go? I've seen a few in southern Maine. I've never seen anything north of Bangor. No, I've yeah. heard they're kind of creeping up, but I don't. I don't think they're north of there. Yeah, as as the uh, climate change as the climate changes, they'll keep moving up. So, what really brought you to Northern Maine? Well, you still live in Pennsylvania, but you get a, a camp and you stay up here for yep I'm trapping up here, season. I'm up here now about half half the time, and down in Pennsylvania about half. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, I was, you know, I always liked to hunt and trap, and there's too many people in Pennsylvania, especially, you know, coyotes drove out our foxes, and uh, everybody is trophy trapping for coyotes, and if they can catch one or two, they're big trophies, and there's more trappers now than there, down there than there ever were in my lifetime. Really? And in 09, I decided, in 2009, I decided, well, I'm going to go trapping again in Pennsylvania. But to make a long story short. So you had, you took a break while you were working and everything? And yeah, I, I trapped every year from the mid-50s up until the mid-80s. That's 30 years. Yeah, quite a few. <laughs> And uh, at the end, I was I was taking a couple weeks vacation and trapping fox, and then I s found out I could do better on raccoons because raccoons, you know, good raccoons down there were paying forty bucks, and uh, you know had to be a double XL or something, but uh, you get forty bucks, and I could average twenty, and I could catch fifty, sixty a week, you know, my two week vacation, uh, get. Well, I, that's a, maybe catch 50, 60 the first week and 30 or 40, about a hundredths, uh, 90 some is the most I ever trapped down in my two week vacation. But, uh, you know, with work and a couple kids and kids going to college and long story short is I uh, really Pretty much quit in 19, about 1984 or 5. Took about 20 years. You know, I had kids, I had to take, you know, you know how kids are. You have to take <laughs> them here, take them there, eat up all your time. And 
Well, my youngest son, him and I trapped together a little bit, but he was born in 1968. So by the time he was 68, 78, 1980, you know, early 80s. Anyway, it was 09 before I started trapping again. And there was people everywhere in Pennsylvania, not necessarily trapping, but hunters are everywhere. And Yeah. Is it hard to get permission? I trapped all public land. Public, yeah. Uh, the area where I lived in Pennsylvania that, you know, there was, it was near Harrisburg, the state capital, and it was pretty, uh, wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of private land available. I mean, I could have done like everybody, go knock on doors and, but, yeah, I, that's why I quit trapping fox and went to a canoe trapping raccoons. I could canoe 20 miles and it was like on some of the st uh, streams I went on that there were no houses near the water and it was like 20 miles of wilderness except at the bridges of course there were other trappers at the bridges but paddle 100 yards downstream and, and they're gone yeah. yeah and so I canoe trapped but uh, in 09 I w it's kind of an interesting story and we ha have an old family hunting camp up in the wooded section of pe north central Pennsylvania. And in the late 70s, I was trapping fox and coon out of that hunting camp. Well, in 09, I mean, back in in the late 70s, when I, before I switched to canoeing for coons, I'd count deer. And I'd see over 100 deer just checking my traps every day. That's how many deer <laughs> there were. I mean, then the game commission, you know, they started having the two deer. See, in the beginning, we were allowed to kill one deer, period. Then they started allowing you to kill a buck and a doe. Then they started allowing you to get extra doe tags. Bottom line, in 09, I went up in my old trap line where I would see 100 deer a day, and in 09, I trapped a little over a week and I saw 14 deer. In the whole <laughs> 10 day period, I saw 14 deer. And I probably saw 14 people that I didn't want to see, you know, hunters. And so, how did I get to Maine was the question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife, well, let's put it this way. Uh, in the early 90s, my, I was wifeless. <laughs> 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 and come 2000, I met my current wife, the year 2000. And uh, her and her parents used to come up to Maine a lot. So we decided to take a little mini vacation up to Maine and I said you know I'm going to find a retirement place up here where I can go hunting and I can go trapping and nobody's going to bother me and so I don't did you do you know Bill Mikowski 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 yeah he's in old town I believe he was uh he's in New Milford yeah it's right well, yeah oh, on that just north of there yeah 
Yeah, he was a wildlife biologist and a pilot and did a bunch of beaver trapping. Yeah. Well, he's from Pennsylvania, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> My wife and I are riding around, and I stump. I see a giant pair of homemade snowshoes and a giant pack basket setting out in front of this cabin house. And it's Bill Mikowski. And I go, he's got a whole raft of sheds there. I start knocking on doors. I finally find him and start talking to him. He was a Pennsylvania guy, and he's, wild, like you just said, wildlife biologist. He moved to Maine in the 50s, I mean in the 60s or 70s. And uh, he makes pack baskets, and there's one of his pack baskets right behind <laughs> me sitting there on display. It, at about 300 bucks a pop, I don't use it. <laughs> uh, but I told him I'd like to find a retirement place up here. And anyway, he told me where to look. And so my wife and I come up on another vacation, you know, a year later or so, and we looked in that area, and I didn't like it. It was east of 95, and uh, it was a lot of private land. I mean, it was all private land, and so then my wife wanted to, we went over to Jackman, and we looked over around Jackman, and then I decided, well, I'm going to come, then I went to Grand Lake Stream. You went all over the state. I went to, and booked <laughs> a bear hunt for a week. Oh, you did? With uh, Paul Laney, if you ever ran into Paul Laney. Yeah. I hunted bear for a week with Paul Laney. Another and trapper. trapper. Mm hmm he told me November's his time. He hunts hard until November, and then he traps the month of November. But uh, there was too many uh, Paul Laney types over Grand Lake Stream. <laughs> I didn't like Jackman because there was some Indian land out there, and they had all kind of keep out signs all over the place. Yeah. You don't want to go where you're not wanted. Exactly. So then I came up and found the North Main Woods in Portage Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and I booked a bear hunt with Denny Davis, it had, who owned Crooked Tree Lodge at the time. And we, uh, you know, dog, hunting with dogs. And uh, so we're looking at lots of bear baits, lots of cameras on bear baits. And we're seeing some, sometimes there's five or six humongous coons there eating the bear bait and it wasn't uncommon to see Martin and Fishers at those bear baits and I said hey this is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> so in 2010 I bought a cabin up here yeah and we can throw a rock and just about hit North Main Woods from where we sit here exactly but yeah. this isn't the cabin I bought in 2010, it was down in Garfield in 10-6. Oh, the one you, okay, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it was on the leased land, and I trapped out of it three years, two, three years, with the idea, oh, I had a generator, and, uh, you know, wood, you had to carry the water, no well, no spring, I had to carry water, and, uh, I was still working and had to go to a job. <laughs> I mean, I'm still working now, but, and, but now I don't have to go anywhere. I just work <laughs> on a computer and a telephone. But uh, I said, by the time I get this camp fixed up, I'll be too old and 
<laughs> I don't have enough time. So yeah, I started looking for some place that had electric. Where you could work out of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I ended up buying this cabin. And then it took me, uh, I just sold my old cabin. It took me seven from 20, I bought this 2013, sold my old cabin in 29. took me six years to sell my old camp. <laughs> now it's getting too crowded here. And there's some, I'm, I was never here. Well, you sold it to a trapper. <laughs> yeah, but he's not allowed up here and I'm not going to get down there anymore. <laughs> We're going to have a boundary line. But... Uh, now, I don't know if it's, you know, COVID-19 related or not, but there's so many people here in the summer. Yeah, it seems to be, especially this summer. Yeah, there's more. I've spent more time here this summer than I've ever had before. And uh, so now I'm sniffing around some camps like 50 miles in. Yeah, you can't <laughs> go any further north, or <laughs> much further, unless you get a, get a no. visa to get into Canada. Exactly. Yeah. No, you you start getting and you go any west and you're out of you don't have power. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm gonna I'll be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I get an idea for a camp for you, and we'll talk about it after we we get done. <laughs> <laughs> Place I just scoped out recently, um, an area that I want to I'm gonna trap this year, but. Um, so you so what what was your impression when you when you first when you got here and you were bear bait, bear hunting and and then you started thinking about trapping and and how the trapping differs from from Pennsylvania to here well the one, the big difference is you know the, with the north main woods being i don't know how many million acres three and a half behind gates yeah <laughs> i mean once you get through the gate i can do whatever i want to do and i don't have to worry about uh permission and you know be on somebody's trap line or getting in someone's way and but the the thing that impressed me was uh there's you know it seems like beaver's king up here <laughs> at least it used to be everybody's beaver trapping if i ran into a woodcutter out in the woods he'd say you beaver i'd say i'm trapping he said you beaver trapping i said no <laughs> <laughs> but it was like when i 10 years ago when i started up here i didn't know anybody that was trapping coyotes yeah now everybody up here wants to trap coyotes <laughs> there's coyote trappers i can find half a dozen right around here yeah <laughs> but uh anyway uh no, the, the the reason I'm here is because of that 3.2 million acres that, hey, if my friend up the lake here, Dave Farnham, wants to trap coyotes, I'd just drive 20 miles past him and... Yeah. And even between the two of you, there's still a lot of ground that ain't covered. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There. So it's a lot yeah. of land, good access, and... You know, the th I sh should maybe knock on wood, but nobody's ever st stole any of my stuff up here. Well, somebody did steal 
two of my traps one time, you know, in deer season, they, I had, uh, I had some uh, one and a half coils set at a bear bait on drags, and uh, some deer hunter must have walked into the bear bait, saw my two traps, and but that's the only thing I ever lost. I have had maybe a dozen coyotes shot in the traps, but nobody ever took them. All right, that's it for tonight's episode. Thanks for listening in. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Love talking to old-timers like Butch. They get a lot of experience, and it's fun to see them still out there trapping. It gives me a great deal of happiness knowing that when I am double my age, I can still be out there trapping and chasing after uh, coyotes in in the big woods or somewhere, anywhere. (laughs) So... Yeah, that's that's just good stuff. Um, we'll hear a lot more about coyote trapping in northern Maine in next week's episode. But until then, I have a message from our sponsor, Cots Brothers Lures. Cots Bros wants you, Cots Bros being Kyle and Kellen, want you to sign up for their newsletter. So the Cots Bros newsletter, which you can sign up for by going to kaatzbros.com, and looking for the newsletter sign-up form. Usually it pops right up there. It's available for you. And you just put in your email address and confirm that. And you will receive newsletter uh, emails when they provide an update. And I'm going to give you a little, let you in on a little secret. Just about every time they send an update, it means some special deal is on the way. So there'll be some sort of uh, a special discount or a product, the limited edition product or something new that's going on. So you never know. It's just a little surprise. You might see something all of a sudden from Cotsbros in your email inbox. And uh, it's really a good thing to be signed up for the newsletter. So get on that. Get your email into them and get on that list. Also, when you sign up, um, make sure you keep an eye out if you're on Gmail like I am. Um, I notice sometimes their uh, emails come in uh, to my promotions folder, which actually my Trapping Today emails do that too. So sometimes you got to go in and click on them and, and move them into your inbox a couple times in a row. And then Google kind of figures it out that, oh, yeah, this guy, this is legit. You know, this is something that they're interested in getting. But... Anyway, sign up for the email. Don't miss out on any special deals or news on what's going on at the Cuts Bros compound. And until next time, guys, keep on talking trapping, keep on thinking trapping. I get a bunch of emails this week, and I, I've got back to most of you. Keep on sending me those emails. Great to hear from you. jrodwood at gmail.com, J-R-O-D-W-O-O-D at gmail.com. And we will catch you on the next episode.